This is uh, Paramedic Review Unit 5, Part 1B, Case 4. Okay, all set here? Okay, so you guys have, you guys have had a chance to review this case. Let me just um, uh, describe it. So it's a 49-year-old male complaining of 8 out of 10 retrosternal chest pressure, generalized general weakness. History presenting illness, onset while on a treadmill. I know. <laughs> Dr. Ian McClellan used to say, we have a finite number of heartbeats in a lifetime and they should be saved for special occasions. <laughs> Your first impression, he's uh, pale, cool, and very diaphoretic. Um, primary survey is fine. Neurologically, he's alert, GCS of 15. Vital signs, heart rate 60, respiratory rate 20, uh, BP 82 on 40, SpO2 of 97% on room air. ECG is in a normal sinus rhythm. Temp is 36.5. Pupils are 4 by 4 reactor briskly. On exam, you notice jugular venous distension. Clear chest, no ascites, no swelling of the ankles. It's got a history of coronary artery disease, angina, hyperlipidemia, benign prostatic hyperplasia. Jeez, only 49. Poor bastard. Um, he's on uh, terazosin, nitroglycerin, ramipril, and Lipitor. And he's allergic to eggs. And his cardiogram is as follows. Uh, how about Becky and Aura? What do you think of this one? Yeah, we were just talking about it. Yeah. So what do you see here? Inferior MI, good. So describe to me what you're seeing that makes you say this is inferior while MI. Thank you. ST elevation 23 AVF. Yeah. Speak yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speak clearly, right? Because you know, if you're talking to a cardiac intervention, you say it's an inferior wall MI and she says, What are you seeing? And you say two three AVF. It's like you know <laughs> speak speak medical to me. Speak medical to me. Okay, so ST elevation two three AVF and what uh, seals the diagnosis here? What? Come on. Yeah, the reciprocal change where? And what do you see in AVL? What is a reciprocal change? ST depression, right, in AVL. Good. Okay, so you got an inferior wall MI. Um, is there any posterior wall involvement? Can you tell based on this cardiogram? Sure you can. No, but you can have a high index of suspicion. There's good information there. Yeah. Yeah. ST depression V1, V2 is pretty much pathognomonic of uh, posterior wall involvement. So, so do I need to do V7, V8, V9? Personally, I would say no. Screw it. It's not important to me. Uh, but what is important? What is critical? What is, don't do it, you're going to be facing a lawsuit possibly. Yeah, RV4. Uh, personally, I would recommend RV4, RV5, RV6. Do you remember why I recommended RV4 through RV6 instead of just RV4 as a base hospital suggests? It's not because I'm a cardio tech and I know more than them. 
Oh. Only like 30 to 50% of right ventricular MIs actually show up in V4R. Like some they show up in V5, V6 that don't show up in RV4. Okay, I don't know the stats. Like, have you seen this? Okay, okay, yeah, I don't know what they are either, but but V RV four on its own doesn't have a hundred percent sensitivity. So yeah, there there are cases, and I I think there's one in my rhythm dysrhythmia book or twelve D book that shows that there's you know where there's no changes in RV four, but you can clearly see ST elevation RV five RV six. So so RV four doesn't give you uh, a complete picture. RV five RV six will you know if there is an R RV infarct, you're likely going to see it in at least one of those leads. That's why I prefer to do those three leads instead of RV4 and V8, V9. But that's my personal preference. I don't want to get you in trouble. If, if you want to do RV4, V8, V9 and, you know, go by the book, um, do that. When, when you've been working a few years and you feel comfortable and you know your 12 leads well and you want to go slightly rogue, uh, which is really not too far rogue, but, uh, uh, or do RV4, RV5, RV6, and then do V7, V8, V9, if you want. But to me, the posterior wall, I can see that in V1, V2, more or less. Uh, I don't need to go to, you know, probable posterior wall. The one that's most significant, the one that's going to cause some hemodynamic instability is going to be a, an RV infarct, right? That's what I'm most interested in, personally. So, uh, so good. So you're going to do right-sided precordial leads. And then you're going to uh, contact the um, cardiac interventionalist. Then you're going to take all these off. You're going to put the DFib pads on. It's right? good. It's amazing. Five years ago, we weren't allowed to put DFib pads on unless the patient was dead. Now we're putting them on for STEMIs, which is great, right? Because there's a 5% risk of sudden death. And if you shock them right away, uh, there's about a 98.9% .9 chance you'll get a return to spontaneous circulation. So the odds are good. When I had my STEMI, I wasn't the slightest bit worried. I knew my risk, 5%. I knew my chance of getting a pulse back was really high. The only thing that worried me slightly was maybe if I did go into cardiac arrest, I knew the shock would hurt me. Um, and actually, I wasn't worried about the pain so much. I knew the pain would be pretty intense, but I was more worried about biting my tongue or something when I get shocked, uh, which I've never seen happen or heard of happening, but I was... That's what you were worried That was my, uh, what I was worried about. <laughs> Anything else? Um, so, ah. It's, um, it's great having an MI. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good learning experience, and I lost 35 pounds uh, since then, and it's amazing. It's like <laughs> everyone should have an infarct. <laughs> everyone should have an MI. Oh, okay, so uh, the next question is, uh, is this guy in shock? Yes. What type of shock? Lucas? I'd say it's a cardiogenic. It's a cardiogenic shock, yeah, for sure. And um, how are you going to treat this guy, Lucas? Yeah, you're going to give him fluids. How much fluids, according to your directive? Andrea? 10 mils per kilo to max of 1,000. Yeah, because he's cardiogenic, 
shock. Sorry, Lucas, to cut you off, okay. but <laughs> Andrew is so eager and she rarely raised her hand, so I had to <laughs> jump. Yeah. It was, it was almost like it was hidden from you, like, don't tell Lucas I'm holding my hand. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, technically it's a cardiogenic shock, so 10 cc's per kilo initially, and then patch for more. Um, with RV infarcts, you could end up giving as much as two liters. You probably don't want to go beyond that, but just enough to get the blood pressure up a little bit. Um, and um, yeah, so, and that you can do on route. RV infarcts, if they're not, um, inferior wall infarcts, if they're not uh, hypotensive, sometimes they go hypotensive en route, and oftentimes it's vasovagal. I've had dozens of inferior wall MIs, inferior STEMIs, where they've gone hypotensive, and you start them on a fluid bolus, and after less than 250, their pressure comes up, and then you realize there's no way that 250 brought their blood pressure up, so it had to be a vasovagal episode. So, just... Uh, Good. 